This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. I'm particularly happy about this guest. My guest today is a phenomenal spitfire by the name of Brian Tracy. So who is Brian Tracy? Brian Tracy is chairman and CEO of Brian Tracy International, a company specializing in the training and development of individuals and organizations. He is among the top speakers, trainers, and seminar leaders in the world today. Brian Tracy has consulted for more than 1,000 companies and addressed more than 5 million people in 5,000 talks and seminars throughout the U.S., Canada, and 82 other countries worldwide. As a keynote speaker and seminar leader, he addresses more than 250,000 people each year. He has studied, researched, written, and spoken for 35 years in the fields of economics, history, business, philosophy, and psychology. He is the top-selling author of 80 books that have been translated into 42 languages. Brian has written and produced more than 1,000 audio and video learning programs, including the worldwide best-selling Psychology of Achievement, which has been translated into 28 languages. He speaks to corporate and public audiences on the subjects of personal and professional development, including the executives and staff of many of America's largest corporations. He has exciting talks and seminars on leadership, sales, self-esteem, goals, strategy, creativity, and success psychology bring about immediate changes and long-term results. His two-day MBA transforms business owners and companies. Prior to founding his company, Brian Tracy International, Brian was the chief operating officer of a $265 million development company. He has had successful careers in sales and marketing, investments, real estate, development and syndication, importation, distribution and management consulting. He has conducted high-level consulting assignments with several billion-dollar corporations in strategic planning and organizational development. Brian has traveled and worked in 120 countries on six continents and speaks four languages. 
Brian is happily married and has four children. He is active in community and national affairs and is the president of three companies headquartered in San Diego, California. Brian is the president of Brian Tracy International, an internet-based company that helps businesses of all sizes increase their sales and profitability by implementing the best practices of top businesses worldwide. I want to say welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDowell, Mr. Tracy. This is such an honor. How are you, our friend? Well, thank you, Lisa. It's a delight to be with you this morning. And I'm, well, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to our friends. Well, I'm looking forward to it, too. And I just want to say for off as off the hook as you are and everybody who's in the business world and the personal growth and personal development industry, we all know how invaluable your time specifically is. For So for the fact that you have decided to share some time with myself, the loyal listeners, and eventually the podcast subscribers, I want to say it is an immense honor and an immense privilege. I've been trying to get you for four years, so this is a big dream come true for me. Um, but clearly... <laughs> But clearly, this is indicative of the the 10 principles. And there's a few things because you have a mound of yummy content uh, that you have shared with all of us and imparted to the masses uh, year after year, decade after decade. So I wanted to get very specific about what I wanted to utilize this finite period of time to talk about because there's just so much ground to cover. Um, But I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to start with your 10 key principles, and I'm going to just rhyme them off because there's one area specifically, one principle, number nine, that I want to focus on. So for those who either know, this is a reminder, refresher, or for those who don't, then take notes, please. So 10 key principles, which Brian has identified as the core key principles for success, clarity, competence, concentration, common sense, creativity, consideration, consistency, commitment, courage, and confidence. Now, because my show is Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, I'm particularly keen on discussing number nine, courage. And you've said a lot of pivotal, profound things that relate and and specifically underscore courage. So can we start with that? Can we take it away with courage? Absolutely. Please, Please go ahead. Okay, so in terms of courage, in all my hours, hundreds of hours that I've invested, and I use that word very consciously and very mindfully and deliberately, because to follow you has been a true investment of time. And so when I sponged up the yumminess that was associated with what you had to say about courage, a few things came to mind. And you talk about how most fears disappear when you confront them head on, and the fact that majority of the population of people will opt not to do that. Why is that, Mr. Tracy? Well, human beings, there's so many reasons, but one of them is that human beings uh, tend to follow the line of least resistance. And if the line of least resistance is to take the easy way, the uh, non-risky way, uh, the uh, the safe way, then they will take that automatically. Uh, and risk, fear, uh, I learned when I began teaching that fear of failure Uh, and fear of rejection are the two great fears that hold people back. We're afraid that we may make a mistake and end up worse off, and we're afraid that people will not like us or people will not accept us. And so all success comes from countering those fears, the fear of rejection, and and doing it anyway. You know, you heard it a thousand times is, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's the same thing, is to be successful, you're going to have to confront your fears and overcome your fears. Absolutely. And I, I love your 
example that you've cited when you've talked about courage specifically as it relates to fear, the correlation between fear and, and really identifying fear and courage as really two distinct habits. And so whichever you choose to place your most attention on is, in fact, what's going to grow stronger in your life, whether it be fear-based or whether it be courage-based. And you had cited in one of your videos, which I've watched numerous times, Mr. Tracy, uh, the fact that you were both a karate student and an instructor and had studied under six world uh, champions. And their pivotal piece of advice, if you want to take it away, or I can reiterate, it's up to you, um, what was the advice that they told you in terms of moving forward? Well, one of the things I learned, in, in, especially in, uh, in karate, where you are in uh, competition all the time, is uh, that you must face the fear and constantly move forward. Because when you move forward, you have control. If you back up, you lose your control. So what I taught my classes is always move forward. Even if you're moving forward one inch at a time uh, at, at, towards your opponent, as you move forward, even an inch, if you take the act of courage, if you do something that you're a little bit, a little bit concerned with, fearful, as, as your courage surges, you become stronger and more confident. You know, in psychology, they, they have an expression which has been studied for years. It's called the locus of control theory. And what mm -hmm. it says is basically is that every person has a locus of control. That's, that is the center of control in their life. And that locus of control, uh, if, you, if you have a strong locus of control where personally you feel you are the primary moving force in your life, you feel very good about yourself. And in karate, we find that if you move forward, you move toward the thing that you're afraid, you seize control of your life and your mind and your mentality. So that's what, what we teach that. Always move forward. Uh, there's, a, there's an expression, a Zulu expression. I spent a lot of time in Africa, and they said, if you are confronted with uh, two situations, the uh, danger before you and the danger behind, always move toward the danger before you. Always move toward the thing that you fear, rather than moving away from it. Absolutely. And so that's been sort of an organizing principle of my life. Always move toward the thing you fear. Absolutely. And you've also cited, too, you refer to that as the four o'clock in the morning moment of courage, correct? Yeah. Well, actually, Napoleon uh, talked about that. He said, he said, everyone has courage, but the most important courage is where you have no opportunity to prepare, is where the emergency is upon you. Like the enemy attacks you at four o'clock in the morning and you come out of a sound sleep and, uh, and you're under attack. That's when real courage is demonstrated, is where you counter and you move toward. You immediately seize uh, the day, as they say. You take action and you move toward the thing you fear. And when you do that, the fear disappears. Absolutely. Well put. The other thing that you have said to incited, uh, which I absolutely love, and this is incorporated within the 10 key principles that you've identified for achieving success, you talk about speed. You know, you talk about people have to move fast and you have to earn a reputation for speed. And that action without thinking is a guaranteed failure. So do you want to expand or extrapolate upon that, Mr. Tracy, in the way that it would uh, blend well with every single key core concept identified? Well, the, the interesting thing is that we start off by saying that everyone is afraid. And the only question is, how do you deal with the fear when you have it? And mm -hmm. as we said already, 
But if you move toward the fear, the fear diminishes. If you move away from the fear, the fear grows. And so therefore, always move toward the fear, and the fear gets smaller and smaller. So let me give you an example. Many of our listeners are in business. They're in sales uh, of some kind, because basically 80, 90 percent of all people who are successful financially have to be in sales. They have to confront their fears. They have to do things they're afraid of doing. And that means calling on people and facing the potential of failure and the potential of rejection. So here's what I teach. I say to um, my, my, my students, I say, wherever you are in your career now, if ever you feel reluctant, uh, fearful, uh, unsure, you find yourself making excuses, uh, spending time in the office, uh, doing paperwork, uh, I say, first of all, there's, there's, there's no business in the office. There's no, no results, no sales. So therefore, you've got to get out of your office and you've got to get face-to-face with customers. So I say to people, use the 100-call system. And I developed this 100-call system many years ago when I would be starting a new sales job. I traveled around the world and I stopped in different uh, cities. I stopped in London and worked in sales. And I stopped in Germany and worked in sales. And I stopped in Johannesburg and I stopped in Bangkok and, and in Mexico City and, of course, in Canada and the U.S., so I had many places where I started a new sales career, and my simple principle was this, is go out and make 100 calls. Mm-hmm. Immerse yourself in the subject so that you know it intimately, and then go out and make 100 calls as fast as you can, and don't worry whether you succeed or fail. And this was, is transformative because it blasts your fears to smithereens, because you don't care. You just go mm-hmm. place to place to place, call to call to call. You make 100 calls in a row, and all your call, all your fears disappear. So I say the same thing to, to our friends, is if you're afraid to do something, the way that you overcome the fear is just do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. And then do it over and over again until the fear gets smaller and smaller and smaller and finally disappears. Bingo, bingo. Well, a- another thing that you're notably uh in terms of you know paraphrasing and coining and 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 people who follow you as as closely as what I do, Mr. Tracy, you know you talk a lot about people who make a commitment to excellence first and foremost do in fact become excellent, and of course yeah. what underscores all of this is it's a choice, right? It is a choice in terms of how much you choose to be fiercely committed, invested, disciplined. Uh, establishing what your rituals are, establishing what your non-negotiables are. But you talk quite emphatically about the fact that you have to be committed first and foremost to excellence if, in fact, you are going to become excellent. (laughs) Of course. Um, One of the things that I learned, again, had a major impact on me uh, when I began speaking and teaching, is that 80, 90% of your emotions are determined by how you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, think about, if you think about what you're afraid of and you think about what might happen and you think about what you might lose and, and so on, then they, your fears grow and grow. So what I say to people is when you say the words, the magic words, by the way, are, I can do it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And you get yourself, you become your own cheerleader. And you talk to yourself in a positive way. And if you want to have a great impact on other people, say to them, you can do it. You can do it. Now, I have four children, and I brought my four children up practicing these principles with them. And one of the things that, as I've always told them, that they're 
extraordinary children. And I tell them that you can do anything that you put your mind to. You mm-hmm. can do anything that you put your mind to. And another thing that I tell them, I remember when my kids were young, I said, you know, I know something about you because I'm your father. And yes. this, that you, you never quit. You mm-hmm. may not know that, but you never quit. You never give up. It's quite remarkable. I've observed you as you're growing up, and you never quit. And they say, well, Dad, that's not true because, you know, I really get afraid about this or that or something else. No, 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 no. I say, I know I know you better than you do, and what I know is that you never give up. And so what would happen is they would have a difficulty or problem or situation, and that message would go off like ding in their mind. I never give up. I never Beautiful. give up. Beautiful. So now, I, yeah, I have four adult children. And they try lots of things, and two of them are have their own businesses, and the third one is developing his, and, and so on. And they're all in sales or marketing or something of, like that. But they all have complete confidence. Is they, never, they never give up. It never occurs to them to quit. And as they have lots of problems and setbacks and difficulties, and they have reversals and lose time and money and emotions, but they never quit. The idea of quitting just doesn't exist for them. And that's because I programmed them. I spoke mm-hmm. to them. I told them over and over. If you have people in your life that you want to have a great influence on, just tell them how good they are and mm-hmm. how they can do anything they put their mind to. And whenever uh, they, uh, sorry, no, no, whenever go ahead. my kids, whenever my kids got made a mistake or got into a problem or something, which all uh, young people do, I say the only question you ask is, "What did I learn? What did you mm-hmm. learn?" What are you going to do differently next time? And so we would talk about what we learned and what we would do and, 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 and how we would uh, change our behavior and so on. So there's no discussion about being afraid or fearful or anything else. My kids have never failed. They've just simply made mistakes and learned from them and gotten better. Beautiful. Well, two things I'm going to say to that, two simultaneous thoughts that came to me. One is more of a question. One is more of a statement, uh, affirmation. So I always, being a parent myself, and if I'm speaking to a guest who is in fact a parent themselves, and particularly for them operating at the level that you do in in the arena of leadership, I want to first commend you parent to parent, because this is what you just said there in terms of how you've instilled certain concepts, values, and the importance and the imperativeness of dialoguing and languaging. The fact that you as a parent recognized how pivotal that is in the implementation and the embedding of the imprint within the subconscious, you as a parent, you succeeded in that alone because you have set up your kids to succeed by getting rid of and eradicating that counterintuitive, non-productive, self-defeatist talk that a lot of people are so subliminally unconscious to that they don't even realize that they're dialoguing with their kids that way or that their kids in fact are uh, regurgitating back to the parent what the parent is unconsciously communicating within their own home underneath their own roof. So I just want to say kudos to you for that. I I think you're spectacular just for that alone. Well, thank you. When when I started my, the business that I'm in now, which is teaching training, writing, recording, and so on. I told my wife, Barbara, I said, you know, if we decide to go, we'll go full blast. And there's a, a very good chance that we will lose everything and, and have to move from this house uh, to an apartment. Uh, and she said, well, you'll be successful. I have complete confidence in you. So let's go. And uh, that was a major turning point uh, in my life was Barbara saying, 
you know, it's not going to matter. If there's, if there's failure, it's going to be short term. We'll learn from it. We'll get smart. And, uh, and life went on. And that's a really important thing that a, a spouse can give to another spouse. Just tell them, I know you'll be successful. And everybody who was successful was at one time a failure, a temporary failure, a big failure, a little failure. The average self-made millionaire uh, was bankrupt 2.4 times in the course of their career, including some of the richest uh, people in history. Uh, they made major mistakes, but they had someone who encouraged them and stood behind them and told them how good they were and that they'll be fine. And so one of the things with, with being a parent, and you, you, you have the same experience I do, is we want to have a great influence on our children. What I learned and what I teach is that your children are most greatly influenced by their uh, source of emotional sustenance is the person who gives them the most encouragement and the most praise and the most love and the most reinforcement is the one that has the greatest influence over them. So they'll have all kinds of problems and mistakes in life, but it'll be you and how you think uh, that they will revert back to even if they're a thousand miles away, even if they've grown up and gone, they will think about you because you were their major source of love and support. Um, and you, and my children, for example, I, one of the things I learned, which was so, so important was that, um, criticism, destructive criticism is like a cancer. It's the most destructive force in human society and human life. And my mm-hmm. parents were incredibly destructive incredibly critical. It just never stopped. So I made a decision, Barbara and I made a decision, that we will never criticize our children. We will mm-hmm. never criticize our children. There will be no criticism in our home. There will be disagreements, and there will be fights, and there will be um, learning experiences and so on, but there will be no destructive criticism. So my children have never been criticized. And people say, Beautiful. well, you know, they have this idea. But it's, it's, a, it's a false idea that if you don't criticize your children, then they don't learn and and they don't grow and so on. Absolutely not true. Absolutely mm-hmm. not true. The fact mm-hmm. is that destructive criticism is like a cancer. Almost all emotional problems that adults have today stems back to destructive criticism in the first six or seven years of life. Yes. So they go back to that and it happened because it just hit them in the emotional solar plexus and made them weak, uh, took away their self-confidence, uh, made them unsure of themselves and so on. So my kids, and my spouse, we just don't have it in our house. Mm-hmm. Nobody is ever criticized. And, they're, you know, the way that you can tell if you have a good home, a good relationship, a good company. Uh, I heard this yesterday. I had some friends uh, come from Poland to uh, meet with me. And they say the, the, the first thing they experience when they come in the door of the house is that everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. And if you come to my company, I have 38 people in my company now. If you come to the company... The first thing you'll experience is everybody laughs all the time. Everybody's happy. And so you'll always say that a good relationship, I found, a good relationship is characterized by laughter. You mm. laugh together. And it's Lovely. impossible to It's soul-destroying to criticize people. So if you don't criticize, never criticize, then what happens is the only thing left, nature fills this vacuum and fills it with laughter, fills it with joy, fills it with excitement. Now my children, I have seven grandchildren now, uh, three, three and one from my uh, first three children. And uh, my, uh, my adult children are raising their children with laughter. They never criticize them. They laugh at them. They play with them. They, and the kids laugh all the time. When all seven of them get together, which is quite remarkable, is they all laugh 
<laughs> and what that means is they're healthy, mentally mm. and emotionally healthy. They're going to grow up and they're not going to be afraid of anything. They're not going to be afraid of anything. And that is going to guarantee their success and happiness in life. Well, good on you. Congratulations. That's just beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Now, the other thing that you said that simultaneously, I was trying to hold this thought and come back to it. You said it now probably approximately four minutes ago. And it does relate to what it is we're still talking about in terms of the imperativeness, the necessity for how it is we choose to language with ourselves, hence how we then choose to dialogue and interact with other people. Now, you said I can do it. And you reference Barbara as being very instrumental in, you know, reiterating that to you time and time again for whatever doubts may have cropped up for you. Now, I would even go so far as to say that it's, you know, I can do it. I think what trumps that is I must do it. If you declare it emphatically, it's a non-negotiable. I must do it. I will do it. Do you not see that as maybe being a little bit more uh, compelling or conviction-based, because when you've established it in such a way, and not to say that I can do it is any less powerful, I'm just saying, because we know we're living in a far more competitive society, because we know people are vying for the same jobs, because we know that it's not enough to have, in some cases, a university degree, and we know from your situation that having former academia is not the end-all, be-all to define whether one is going to be successful or not. We know many people who have many initials following their last name, and they cannot land a job in their field, uh, or they will never climb or ascend to the level of success in which they wanted to aspire to get to on the trajectory of their journey. But I'm just saying, in today's day and world, do you think it's more important to put a little bit more emphaticness into what it is our proclamations and our declarations are? So rather than I can do it, I must do it. I will do it. Declare it as, as it's already done. It's already a slam dunk. We just have to, in present time, catch up to the manifestation, to the visualization, to the objective or the result that we're looking to achieve. Absolutely. And, you know, I say, you know, whatever, whatever rings your bells. Uh, yeah. If that, if that makes you excited and happy, pick, pick an affirmation. The, the best affirmation of all, the foundation affirmation, and this, this was a turning point in my life when I learned this, are the words, I like myself. Mm. I like myself. I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. And so when uh, I had children, and it's the same thing when I manage large staffs worldwide, uh, multi-countries and so on, is uh, I would always encourage them to have high levels of self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Self-esteem, which is how much you like yourself, is the foundation of your personality and your character. So I'm constantly telling my uh, children and my friends how good they are. Uh, because the more a person feels that they are good and valuable and important, the more confidence they have, the more uh, power they have to bounce back from negative events. And everybody's going to have negative events. So if you like, uh, I will do it, I must do it, I shall do it, I can do it, whatever. My mm -hmm. favorite is just something as simple as I can do it, you can do it, we can do it. We can Beautiful. do it. Let's get out there. Yeah. And, um, and so, so there's never... Uh, you know, never has heard um, uh, a negative word. It's always positive. And, mm -hmm. and again, keep, keep, keep coming back. With, with my wife, for instance, I, I think she's extraordinary, but I'm always telling her that. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not as if it's a family secret. I'm always telling her how good she is. Lovely. And, um, 
So the whole idea is I can do it. I can do it. I remember a story that really had an impact on me. It will have an impact on our listeners is the uh, winner of the uh, Olympics, the, uh, the female uh, gymnastic Olympics, uh, many, many years ago was a woman named Mary Lou. Lou Retton, know, yes. Yes, yes. Mary yes, Lou Retton, 1984 yes. Olympics, yes. L.A., yes. Yes, and I and I worked with her. She became a speaker when I was a speaker, so we were speaking at some of the, but the mega seminars, 10,000, 20,000 people. But anyway, she, was, she, she um, had a coach, and the coach was uh, the um, guy who came from Hungary. He, um, Bella Karova. Yes, Bella Corova. Bella yes. Corova. Anyway, so so he was he was a brilliant coach, brilliant coach. But they were so jealous of him, the other coaches, that they wouldn't allow him on the floor uh, when, uh, when when Mary Lou was competing. They wouldn't mar- they wouldn't let him on the floor. He had to go and sit in the audience, and so but she needed his input and his feedback and so on. So she would have to get up and go off the floor and across mm-hmm. the. Um, barriers and up into the audience to speak to Bella Carola. And, I remember uh, that, but I didn't know the reason for that. Yeah, it was because her because the other coaches were so jealous of him. They thought they made some kind of technicality that he wasn't fully qualified or he didn't have the right papers or something like that. So here's Mary Lou. Everybody recognizes that she's perhaps the best gymnast uh, in the world at that time. Here is the Olympics. This is the most important competition of her life. And she wasn't allowed to talk to him and he wasn't allowed to come down. So here's the story. And another speaker told this story. I heard it on a table. It was wonderful. He would go up to, uh, she'd go across the barrier and up uh, into the audience and go and speak to Bella Caroli and say, and, and he would say, do this, do that. He said, and remember, Mary Lou, you can do it. Mm. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. This is the story. And so she would go back and she would compete and then, and then she would come back up into the stands again and he would talk to her and give her some feedback. And then he would say again, you can do it. Mary Lou, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And she would go back elated. And she won the um, female G- gymnastic Olympics that year. But it was, and people around heard him say that. He's, the English was not that great, but he do, knew the most important thing was Mary Lou, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Beautiful. <laughs> I never that. I thought that's one of the best stories I ever heard. And it's mm. the same thing with us in our audience, with our, our staff, with our children, with our friends. Sometimes one person who just simply says, you'll have lots of setbacks, but you can do it. Remember, you can do it. You are going to be a great one. You are going to be a big success. I've always told my kids, by the way, is when you grow up, you're going to be a big success. When you Love grow it. up, you're going to be a big success. And I tell them that over and over. When they were, we'd go for walks when they were young, and I would hold their little hand, and we'd walk along, and i say, Christina, when you grow up, you're going to be a big success. And as they grow taller, I would always just start, uh, kind of like throw that in. And then Michael and then uh, David and Catherine, when you grow up, you're going to be a big success. So that's all they ever heard. And it's the same thing with your people who uh, rely on you for positive feedback is they need to hear that. Yes. Most parents did not know how important it was to get this constant, constant stream of positive feedback. And the interesting thing is that whatever you say to someone else bounces back to you. Yes. If you say you can do it, your self-confidence goes up 
at exactly the same time and exactly to the same degree. Absolutely. Well, it's all mirroring, right? It's all mirroring. So it's a reinforcement to yourself at the same time that you're imparting that uh, admitted confidence and positive energy to somebody else. And that's the gift that you give yourself. You know, the more you choose to align yourself with positive people, positive languaging, positive content, positive videos, positive leaders, uh, you know, that's only going to ever 100% be a resounding bullseye for all parties involved. There is no loss in that situation. It is a ratio and a formula guaranteed for success for all parties combined and and universally, right? If everybody took the time to speak the truth of the good stuff into existence, we would all, based on the frequency, the vibrational level, and the residuals, we would all equally benefit from that. Truly, we would. Um, Wonderful. Yes. So a couple more things I want to... A couple more things I want to uh, talk about before, because I I don't want to lose out on the opportunity in this interview to talk about the Inner Circle Mastermind program. So we'll get to that in one moment. But there were a couple things that I think uh, in my research of you, Brian, that I think would be beneficial to share here with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers. One thing that I find very shocking and I'm not sure if this stat still remains to this day, although I wouldn't be overly surprised if it did. But when you cited in, in a few of your videos that only 5% of people have goals, is that possible yeah. that only 5% of the population? I mean, I, I know that there's the 1% thinkers, the 5% successful people, 5 to 10% uh, could even be less than that. But to think that only 5% of the universal population have goals, that... Actually- that Actually, my my experience is that only three percent have written goals and plans that they work on each day, um, and uh, there are people. Another seventeen uh, percent have goals, but they're not written down and they're mm. not planned. They th- they think about them, and then the other eighty percent have no goals at all. They just simply respond. You know, you look at this eighty twenty rule. I was going to get to that. Yes, thank you. Very important principle, but mm. it's, it's funny that you should bring this up because I was about to bring it up myself. I go all over the world. I've spoken to more than 5 million people um, all over the world, and I teach a formula. And the formula, people have come back to me and said, you changed my life. You made me rich. You changed mm. my life. You made me rich. And so I have a little formula, and I teach it to everybody. Well, not quite everybody, because it's a management seminar. It's different. Uh, but if it's a management seminar, I teach strategy. How do you determine where you are, where you want to go with your company? What are the things that you're going to have to do to get there? The obstacles you'll have to overcome and so on. But there's a simple seven-step strategy that I would like to give our listeners. Just take a couple of minutes. Yes, please. This is the one. Come back and say, you changed my life. You made me rich. I came to your seminar and you gave me that formula. It changed my life. You made me rich. I've heard that all over the world. I hear it so many times. And mm-hmm. these people, he said, when I came to your seminar, I was broke, I was unemployed, I was divorced, I was an alcoholic, uh, and so on. And now I've got a beautiful wife, I have a lovely home, I have a thriving business. And I've heard this hundreds and thousands of times because it's so simple. So here's what it is. It has seven steps. Step number one is decide exactly what you want in life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about the, the, the 10 C's, the first C is clarity. Decide yeah. exactly what you want in life. Well, that is, that, that is a shocking thing for most people because they don't know what they want in life. 
I'll give you a, I'll give you a funny story. Um, when I was uh, younger, I got into goal setting, and I was passionate about goal setting. And one of the things I learned is that the most important thing in life is the person you decide to spend your life with. And mm-hmm. so I said, all right, and I developed this myself. Uh, what would the perfect person for me look like? And I wrote out a description of the perfect person for me, the perfect woman. And uh, within a very short period of time, and it was physical appearance and, and attitude and, 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 and education and experience and everything else, within a very short period of time, I met an absolutely uh, remarkable woman. And I got into a relationship with her, and it turned out to be a disaster uh, because <laughs> I had not written I had not written down anything about temperament. Right. And it turns out that she was neurotic. And everybody, you, me, everybody has to go through one neurotic relationship in life. And she was neurotic, and a neurotic relationship is so destructive, up and down and sideways and back. And I finally got out of the relationship, and I got a new piece of paper, and I wrote down all the things that I wanted in a uh, woman. And I wrote it down, and in this case, I wrote normal, uh, healthy, happy, (laughs) positive. (laughs) I mean, I really wrote it down clearly. And then, uh, and I'd given this advice to others, and, and then... Uh, not long afterwards, a few months later, I met a person accidentally and uh, we got together. We've been together ever since. And Beautiful. I took out, after we spent, gotten together, I took out my list. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I met her, uh, she was in university. She had her own life and I just met her casually. And she said, just sort of like, you know, well, what do you do if you want to meet uh, the ideal person for yourself? I say, well, it's very simple. What you do is you take a piece of paper and you write out a description of every single characteristic that you want in the perfect person for you. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, does that, would that work? I said, yes, because when you do it, it's almost like you're sitting at your computer, you're programming the perfect person into your subconscious mind, and your subconscious mind activates your superconscious mind. Yes. And your superconscious mind has this incredible power, and it, it is the source of the law of attraction. It starts to send out vibrations and attract into your life the things that you wrote down. Now, this is the key. It has to be written. So anyway, so time passed, and I saw her casually, and we went out for coffee. And uh, one day we sat down, and we realized that we were right for each other. And we got together. We've been together ever since, more than 40 years. And um, not long after, we took out I, – I, I said, you know, I made a list of the perfect person for me, and I – and I, and I took it out. She said, well, I still have a list that I made after talking to you when we first met. <laughs> and we showed up. And our lists sort of like mirrored each other. Is I had written down a perfect description of her, and she would written down the description of me. And we've been together and happy uh, ever since. So if, you're, if you are single, I would say if you're single, sit down and make a list of all the characteristics that you would want in the perfect person. And, mm-hmm. and, and some people <laughs> are really uh, greedy. If they'll write down uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, uh, <laughs> going up. because what will happen is that you will attract, you now have this force field of energy, you'll attract it into your life. So let's go yes. back to our goals. Let's say, let us say that you want to become wealthy. Well, becoming wealthy, everybody wants to be wealthy. And the reason for that is because if you are wealthy, you have freedom. Is mm-hmm. You are free to choose. You're free to do things. You're free from fear. Because you know that you can, you, can, you can lose money and make mistakes and so on, and you have enough that you don't have to worry about it. So, so you, everybody wants to have lots of money, 
let's say, well, I say, how much? How much do you want to have? Well, just lots. You know, I want to have, I want to be rich. Uh, and you see all of these people who write books and articles saying, I will make you rich. I'll show you how to be rich. Uh, I'll give you the keys to becoming a millionaire and so on and so forth. Well, this is not enough. You have to write down exactly the amount that you want. Now, remember, mm-hmm. if you write it down, you can change it. You can rewrite it. You can add it, change it later uh, as you get more information. So, therefore, step number one is decide exactly what you want in terms of a goal. Now, mm-hmm. if you have bad health, if you have a problem with your health, maybe your major goal in life, maybe your major goal is to um, be healthy, is to get your health back so you have high energy, lose weight. Uh, become physically fit, but whatever would make the greatest difference in your life. So in my audience, in, in my seminars, I say, uh, take a piece of paper, I, I provide it for them in the workbook, and write down 10 goals that you'd like to accomplish in the next 12 months. Write down 10 goals that you'd like to accomplish in the next 12 months, and you have three minutes to do it. Please begin. Bang. So everybody, people love to set goals. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like wow, it's like a, a starting bell in a race. Everybody starts to write down their goals and they write down, they write down 10 goals. Now I say you can write more afterwards if you like, but 10 for the next year, next 12 months, that means between now and 12 months from now, these are the 10 goals. Now, once you have these goals, go through these goals and imagine that you could have any one goal on that list within 24 hours, any one goal that you wrote down within 24 hours, Hmm. what one goal would you choose? And I give them time to think about it. I said, put a, put a circle around that. And that becomes your major definite purpose in life, your major goal in life. This becomes the organizing principle of your life, this one goal. Now, step number two is I say, write it down. Step number one, decide exactly what you want. And I have them write down 10 goals and pick one. This is quite amazing, by the way. When you say to a person, if you could have any one goal in life within 24 hours, like a magic wand, I call it the magic wand theory, wave a magic wand, which, what would it be? And most people don't know this. But the very mm-hmm. act of deciding what it is, even if you change it later, transforms your life. Absolutely. Something, yes. And, and, and uh, so number two is uh, write it down. And a goal that is not in writing is merely fantasy. I call it a, a cigarette smoke goal. It has mm-hmm. no substance. It, it just disappears in the air. So write it down. Number, th- number three is set a deadline. Set a date, a specific time that you want to achieve the goal. You see, you're, imagine that your subconscious and superconscious minds are like supercomputers. Is They need instructions so they know what to work on, what to do, what to get, get after. So, so write it down. And then number four is um, make a list. Make a list of everything that you can think of that you're going to have to do to achieve that goal. Write them, write and write and write and write. I have to do this and do that and do this and do that and more of this and less of that. So you're really clear. And then organize the list. What do you need to do first? There's, there's a book that I would recommend, and you may have read it. It's called The Checklist Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And I read it a couple of times, and I just came across it, and I read it on a vacation. And I've read lots and lots of books, thousands, in fact, without exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And this checklist manifesto is something that every single adult should read because what it shows is the importance of having a checklist that you go one step at a time in order down the checklist. It's written by a doctor and, and, and the book is, is absolutely spellbounding. I mean, the, the introduction is just, it's wonderful. It's called the checklist manifesto and it's written by a man named Galwandi who was an emergent, it was an emergency uh, room uh, uh, trauma surgeon. 
Mm-hmm. And anyway, so make a list. Make a list of everything that you're going to have to do and then organize the list by priority. What do you need to do first? What do you need to do second? What do you need to do third? And so on. And that's number, that's number uh, five. Number six is... Uh, is that number six? Is it decided? You're on, you're on six. Mm-hmm. Right, number, number six is, uh, and then um, take action. Number mm-hmm. six is to take action. Is uh, Once you've gone through this process, and it's astonishing because sometimes a seminar leader will take people through a goal-setting exercise and then send them home. And they get right. home and they're busy and time for dinner. And, and what happens is all the power dies, dies away. So mm-hmm. take action immediately. Do one thing, anything. Uh, make a note, do, but do one thing immediately, take action, because the action actually activates all of your mental powers. Mm-hmm. But without the action, it'll stop. And then number seven is do something every day to achieve your most important goal. Bingo. And that's a very simple formula, and it is life transforming. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Write it down. Um, set, it, set it. Decide what you want. Write it down. Set a deadline. Make a list of everything you'll have to do. Organize the list. Take action on the most important thing on the list, and then do something every day. And that will change your life. And not only that, here's the most important thing. You talked about courage. As you work toward your goal, you start to get a feeling of forward motion. You start to get a feeling of power. You start to get a feeling, I can do this. I can do anything. I can do anything I put my mind to. And you you start to feel brave. You start to feel courageous. You start to feel strong. It changes your whole personality in a very positive way. It raises your self-esteem. It raises your self-confidence. In psychology, uh, we, we talk about this feeling uh, of winning. And the question I ask is, if you run in a race and you cross the finish line before anyone else, what do they call you? Winner. The winner. They say you are the winner. Well, mm-hmm. the interesting thing in psychology is every time you complete a task or complete a clear part of a task, you feel like a winner. And when you win, you have a jolt uh, of endorphins. And the endorphins are called nature's happy drug. Is You get this jolt of happiness that makes you feel strong and powerful. So every time you take a single step and do a concrete action that moves you toward your most important goal, you feel like a winner. And this feeling like a winner motivates you to take another step and another step. And pretty soon you can hardly wait to get up in the morning and get going and get moving. Now, if you have children, then one of the most important things you do is you praise them and encourage them. The self-esteem, the definition of self-esteem is the degree to which a person feels that they are praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. The degree mm-hmm. to which a person feels they are praiseworthy. So praise them, praise your children Praise your spouse, praise your friends and your coworkers all the time about, hey, that's good. That's a great idea. You, you, you did that really well. That looks wonderful. When my children would come home with pictures, so they could draw paintings and, uh, at school and they'd bring the pictures home, I would tip over. I would act as, as if, oh my God, like they were Van Gogh's or, 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 yes. or, 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 or <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say, look at this, Barbara, look at this. Here's Christina. She's four or five years old, and she's got a picture. You won't believe it. Look at look at this picture. And we've got the picture. And, and it's the most amazing thing. And then she would beam. And we put the picture up on the refrigerator. And when people came over to our house, we said, i got to show you this. You're not going to believe it. My daughter <laughs> is brilliant. Look at, this. look at this picture. 
and she would just beam. She just smile, and she was so happy because every single time she or any of the other children did anything, we we would we, we would act like we were a bit crazy. Uh, we were so excited and so happy and so enthusiastic about it, and that motivated them. They felt like winners. They felt wonderful about themselves. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do more things, and they know well, they know that they could actually control their own. Psyche by simply doing something positive because they knew they're going to get so much encouragement from the most important people in their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, you become the most important person in the life of your children and your spouse by being their primary source of love and appreciation and encouragement. So I'm getting carried away, but no, but I I mean, I'm feeling the passion and I love the passion. I mean, you, you know, you're emitting all this wonderful energy. uh, And I know I speak for the listening audience as well as eventually the podcast subscribers too. And I really encourage people, please go back and and take notes and listen very clearly and replay it over and over again. All the yumminess that Brian has very great graciously imparted to all of us, because this stuff does transform lives. I mean, this person has been, you've been on the, the, stage and the, the scale and the leveraging that you have mastered and honed in your career and sharing that with other people who have incorporated it into the trajectory of their own journeys, everybody can attest to this. It works. And so if we're going to be addicted to anything, be addicted to positive, intuitive, successive momentum. Keep the good stuff flowing. And it, it does. It really becomes addictive. Uh, I, I parallel no differently than somebody who is an avid, you know, runner who, regardless of the weather, the inclement, everything like that, if they don't run their 10 miles per day, they physically feel ill. They're off kilter. Their decision-making is skewed. They're not in the same vibrational level uh, and I really attribute and parallel all that to the same as, as the principles for what you have very graciously shared with us here today, Brian. Now, I just being very cognizant of time, and this isn't to say that we can't have you back because this is important too. what I want to include here before we wrap up and we don't have much time left before we have to say cheerio, unfortunately. Um, but your team, your marketing team truly is the best marketing team in the world. I am very grateful, very honored that I am now uh, an affiliate member of your mastermind program, your inner circle mastermind program. And my team, once we get this up and running, we're going to include the link, the affiliate link for people who can, as a result of having listened to the show and or the podcast, uh, they can look into becoming part of this themselves. So let's talk very, very briefly here, Brian, again, you're welcome to come back and we can elaborate more in depth on another show, but the inner circle mastermind, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the benefits. Let's talk about the rewards. Let's talk about why people uh, should be very attuned to wanting to be a part of this themselves. Well, good question. Thank you very much. Um, Many years ago, I was going to say back in the day, um, uh, a penniless uh, immigrant came over from Scotland, uh, took a job as a day laborer in a steel plant, and his name was Andrew Carnegie. He eventually became the richest man uh, in America. And uh, he uh, became the richest man because of things that he did and things that he didn't do. And then he began to um, share his ideas with his staff. And one day he was visited by a young journalist named Napoleon Hill. And uh, Napoleon Hill had written several articles on personal and business success. And 
Andrew Carnegie invited him in, which is an incredible honor. It'd be like you or mm-hmm. I being invited to speak to Bill Gates. Uh, and anyway, and uh, Andrew Carnegie said to him, he said, I'd like to give you uh, an assignment. I'd like to uh, commission you to write a uh, philosophy of success. I, I will open uh, doors to all the wealthy self-made uh, millionaires and jillionaires in the United States. This is 1912. And um, you can interview them to find out and get their opinion or their reason why they are so successful. And um, here's the kick. He said, I'm not going to pay you anything. Uh, Napoleon Hill thought, wrote about this later because he was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be hired by the richest man uh, in America to uh, interview all of these people. I mean, that's like dying and going to heaven if you're a journalist. <laughs> and he said, but I'm not going to pay you anything. He says, I will open the doors for you. I will get you the interviews and the appointments, but you will have to support yourself the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to write it up, write up the, uh, everything that they teach you. And, uh, and then we'll get it published and so on. And he said, uh, so you decide uh, if you're going to accept this uh, opportunity or not. And he sat there and he was thinking, because this is going to take years to interview all these people and write them out in books. And he sat there and he sat there and he sat and he said, okay, I'll do it. And Andrew Carnegie brought out his watch. He had a stopwatch. He brought it out from under the desk and he showed him the watch. He said, you had, th- you had 60 seconds to make a decision. He said, you made the decision in something like 45 seconds. 45 seconds, you said yes. So let's begin. And he didn't know it. He was being timed. So anyway, so for Andrew, so, so Dale, uh, I'm sorry, um, Napoleon Hill spent the next 20 years uh, visiting with an introduction from Andrew Carnegie. And, and as they say, if Andrew Carnegie calls, you take his call. Yes. Um, and he had to meet with these people and talk with them and go on vacations with them and go to their offices with them and then ask them questions and take notes repeatedly. And he wrote out a 22, the volume series called the uh, philosophy of success, 22 volumes. And then suddenly the, uh, the, 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 um, uh, 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 the depression hit and nobody wanted to buy 22 books on success. So they said, you're going to have to contract it. You're going to have to compress it down. So he tent- and he spent the next two or three years and compressed it down to a single book called the um, psychology, of, called the philosophy of success. I have it, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was a thousand pages. And now we're in the middle of the depression and the United States economy had collapsed and there were thousands of people in bread lines and nobody wanted to buy anything about success. So they said, can you condense it into a single book? So he wrote a book and he called it Think and grow rich mm-hmm. and it became mm-hmm. the most famous success book more people became wealthy for that book than any other influence in, in history now here's my point he said was asked as you can imagine because the book was so successful he was asked what is the most important of all these principles he said well when he interviewed these wealthy people he found that every single one of them had talents and abilities and so on and so forth but none of them began be successful until they joined or formed a mastermind Mm -hmm. with one or more other successful people. And a mastermind was something where you got together with other successful people on a regular basis, once a week, twice a month, and so on, and you shared ideas. What do you do here? How do you handle this there? And it was the turning point in every one of these lives. The common denominator was the mastermind. So what we've done today 
and what we've done with uh, Brandtatize and yourself is we have formed a mastermind that's online. So now you can join with about 120 other people, very low mm-hmm. cost, and join with us once every month. And what we do is we talk about success subjects. We talk about things. That you, okay, you, Brian, I'm sorry. We, we got to wrap up here. But you know what? All this information of how people can connect is going to be included in the graphics when this goes out. Um, I'm sorry okay. to have to abruptly interrupt you like this because I could talk to you for hours, but I've got to wrap up here. So I just want to say thank you once again for everything you continue to do in your contributions of paying it forward and being of service. Uh, I speak for millions of people. I want to say thank you to the loyal listeners for taking time out of your schedule for once again tuning into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. We will be back here again next Friday with another phenomenal guest. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.